The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider explores the fast-changing world of affiliate marketing from the perspective of one of its most recognized experts. Host Linda Woods leads this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through her own experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. It's time to get inside with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Here is your host, Linda Woods. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Affiliate Marketing Insider. My name is Linda Woods. I'm your host. I'm also the president of Partner Centric, and I am here every week on Thursdays to introduce you to some of the most interesting and influential people in affiliate marketing. So thanks for being here. Uh, today, I'm excited to have someone on the show that I haven't met before uh, who has uh, been a great advocate and industry leader over the past few years, and her name is Melanie Siri, and she's the president of Affiliate Voice which is a new organization popping up uh, to be an advocate for affiliate relations. And we're going to talk to Melanie a little bit about that. Um, Melanie, hi, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing good, Linda. Thank you for having me. Uh, Great. Unfortunately, it's a chilly day here in New York. (laughs) Oh, so you're in New York then. <laughs> well, I hate I hate to rub it in. I'm in Santa Barbara, and it's 75 and sunny and gorgeous, so I'm oh, sorry no, about that. <laughs> it's rainy and 40 here. <laughs> oh. oh, well, good time to be at the computer then. Yep. <laughs> um, well, so, so Melanie, give us just a little bit of background about you and, and, and where you've come from in the affiliate world. Since I haven't met you before, give, a, give us all a little bit of background about how you got into this crazy industry. Well, it's, I've been a full-time affiliate marketer for about five years. Um, prior to that, you could say I um, dabbled in it. You know, I did it part-time and did it for fun. Um, but... What I needed to do was to work at home, and affiliate marketing is like the ideal solution. You can set your own hours. You can work nights. You can work days in between when the kids are napping or at school. And it's a way you can also use your creativity. You know, you can market to different, you know, different products to different people different ways, and it's, a, it's an exciting industry. Um, and up until last year, things were going very well, and I was very happy. And very, you know, and fairly successful, <laughs> paying my bills, you know. It was, it was That's good. That's great. And then, last year and then I, I think I year. know what happened last year, but why don't you tell our listeners what happened last year? Well, last year, around about April, um, the governor of New York State signed a law that um, implemented what we call either the Amazon tax or the Internet tax. And that set about a series um, of reactions from various parts of the industry, and the net result of that was the destruction of my own business as well as the business of thousands of other New Yorkers. And what the law said was that uh, affiliates created um, enough of a nexus for companies to require the collection of a sales tax. Uh, Prior to that, um, if it was an out-of-state merchant, uh, the consumer was supposed to pay the sales tax, and at that point it's called a use tax. 
Um, but what New York legislators and everybody decided was, you know what, affiliates are enough of a nexus. I want the merchants to collect it. And the merchants just aren't equipped to do that in, in, in many cases. Um, so they terminated their relationships with us, and it was all—it was all a very fast and rapid event. Um, and we just, as an industry as a whole, were not prepared for it um, for I think many reasons. Um, one of the, the main ones is we just never believed it would or could happen. Nobody would ever pass this type of law, um, and it set about for me personally. Um, I saw a, lo- a lot about the industry that I thought. Really, we need to um, correct and take charge of. Well, and you know, one of the things that you said that was that is it real is so true is that it it did happen very very fast. I mean, it was just like first it's a blip, it's about to happen, and then boom, it it, it happened, and 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 there was this a huge amount of reactivity that had to happen. So, you know, uh, uh, merchants. I know we were we were very active in this and interviewed lots of different people, and many of the merchants that whose accounts we manage were like, "Oh my God, what are we going to do? How are we handling this?" And then their lawyers would be, "Well, the easiest thing to do is just kick all these affiliates out of yep. your program." And we're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on." But it was just like this this uh, avalanche effect, and and you're right, it affected uh, the livelihoods of thousands of, of affiliates who live in New York, and and created quite a, quite a bit of turmoil and sales loss from the advertiser merchants that had to comply with this, and and yeah. you know get do some legal running around that uh, they really never expected having to do. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing, you know, and. Before it happened, you never really thought about some of the aspects. You never thought about how hard it is. You know, you think, all right, so collect the sales tax, you know. (laughs) Then you start thinking about it, and it's not that simple. You know, it's not just putting software, you know, on the server. It's a very complicated thing to even collect the tax. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You you know, sometimes it's impossible. Well, and also it was kind of one of those examples of the of the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing because in the, in the state of you know in the in the area of tax collection they were actually uh, by by uh, hurting the income that you and other affiliates were earning that mm-hmm. means they're not going to get your income tax exactly <laughs> yep they they're collecting that use tax but income's plummeting and then as a result you know we're all spending less. You know, so you're getting right. even less all around. It, it's, you know, it's yeah. amazing. And, not and really you're sending, you're, you're not sending any customers any longer through your site to the merchant site, who is the one yeah. who's going to generate the sales tax, but all that traffic went away. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. their sales went down, meaning less sales to collect tax on. Yep. Yeah. It, yep. Crazy situation. So, so I'm assuming that that is uh, the reason why you got active in the legal aspect of, of affiliate marketing, and uh, and 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 I guess one of your reactions to that was creating a vil- affiliate voice, which is a new industry organization uh, just getting up and going. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, affiliate voice. Um, even though we launched it, you know, we recently launched and we were created, you know, over a period of a few months, the whole basis of it is um, built upon what we did last year in New York. And what we did last year in New York was we all decided to work together. Kevin Webster and I um, organized a meeting in Albany, 
and we brought together affiliates. We brought together OPMs, you know, outsourced program managers, and networks, and we hired a lawyer, and we had a merchant there as well, and we all worked together to find a solution. And it was a very proactive and a very positive thing based on open communication between all the parties. Once we had the solution in Albany, it was a matter of getting that across to individuals. So that required another step in my um, advocacy, and I had to spend the last, um, say, seven to eight months um, educating, informing, and working to get this uh, solution put in place. Around about January, I was, you know, thinking about my role as an advocate versus my role as an affiliate, and what I realized is my role as an advocate is more of a priority right now. And I looked back and I saw some of the conversations that went on last year, and a lot of it was about forming this affiliate voice organization. So basically what I decided to do is, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. And here we are today, you know, with an exciting launch last week. And I think it's going to be great for the industry to have um, multiple organizations and different focus and, and different approach to all the different problems because that helps us arrive at solutions, and that's what it's all about is getting to that point B, which is a better and a stronger industry for everybody and, and regulating our industry for ourselves rather than relying on these legislators who really are clueless about what we are. <laughs> right. No, I mean, they don't they really have any are. idea what this business is about, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So um, so let me talk here for a moment. Um, on this show, we have talked extensively about the Performance Marketing Alliance, and I've been involved in helping with that and, and you know, many of the other industry leaders. And we've had a few um, calls uh, with folks about that, and it's been on the show, and, and they're up and running, as you know. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about what you see as uh, the differences between affiliate voice um, that you're starting and what Performance Marketing Alliance are, if, are, what are the similarities and differences between your organizations as you see it? I think both organizations, of course, are, have the ultimate goal, goal of, a, of an improved, stronger industry and one towards where we, we're in control of the direction in which we go. Um, in terms of differences, it's just the general uh, operating, uh, the structure, and the approach, I think, to problems will be different simply because we're all different people. And part of, part of the strength from having multiple organizations is that you give people a choice. And when people have a choice, they're more likely to choose. And I think by that, that will give both organizations greater strength and give our industry even more credibility. And we can accomplish, I think, as two groups, a lot more and do really accomplish the goals that we need to achieve to, in order to um, ensure that our industry is around next year and five years from now for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see what you mean. I hadn't really thought about it that way. So what you're really saying uh, is if there's just one organization and there are people out there that don't like that organization for whatever reason, right. then they might not join anything. So if yeah, there's another organization, nice at least they have a choice, like which have means none. they might get involved in what needs to be done one way or the other. Right. Yeah. It, 
That's, yes, that's each great. One will appeal um, to now, a do you feel person. like you uh, now? Do you have a particular focus at this time? I mean, the, the California is facing the same sort of tax uh, business that uh, New York had a year ago. Are you, in, you know, how involved are you in that? And w- is there any kind of coordination between you and the PMA? Uh, well, I'm involved. I was involved with all the different tax legislation that's ongoing in Minnesota, North Carolina. Uh, it was pending in Hawaii. It was pending. Um, many, many, many states have had. Virginia is another one. Maryland is another one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm active in all of them and keeping informed on them, investigating and looking in, because sometimes these legislators are sneaky. You know, they try to yeah. slip it by on an omnibus tax bill or just, you know, in their late-night emergency sessions. Um, but as far as California is concerned, is I did help out with uh, a phone call uh, last month. Um, the PMA had reached out to me to help give them some insight on what we did in New York and the reaction and some of the obstacles we had. And I gladly participated um, because that's the ultimate thing is we want to make it better. Um, and we're going to have to work. Everybody will have to work together and not work against one another because that, that's, Waste energy and defeats the purpose of even forming an organization. You know, you form right. an organization to achieve a goal and to reach the end. Um, well, and like you say, the, the more organizations that are actively uh, working against a particular thing will be taken, I would think, with, with some seriousness from the definitely. legislators, uh, you know, if there's a, quite a bit of opposition to what they're trying to do. Yes, Definitely. Uh, you know, there's, yeah. there's strength in numbers, and every industry has multiple industry, you know, multiple organizations. It's just for the affiliate marketing industry, it's a new thing to have one organization, you know, and, and now to have two. You know, it's a new concept for people, and people, I think, will realize, you know what, we need organizations, and you have to support, you know, we'll support each other, and we'll work together, and we'll achieve our goals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this is a good place to take a little break. I want to talk to you a little bit when we come back about the, some of the solutions that uh, were developed uh, in, in New York and whether or not those are, are good possible solutions in California, and then talk to you a little bit more about the structure of Affiliate Voice and, and some of the other things that, uh, that maybe you want to make sure that people understand about your organization. So let's take a quick break here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please come back in just a few minutes uh, right after our commercial break. We'll talk to Melanie Siri of Affiliate Voice a little bit more about this new organization and how it's helping affiliate marketing. Uh, stay with us. Affiliate Marketing Insider is now on iTunes. Write us a review and tell us how much you love us. Don't go anywhere. More Affiliate Marketing Insider when we return. XYZ Affiliate Marketing. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily, make a mad dash, sign up as a flash, quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase, it's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you, cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need indeed. You can get paid from sales and leads, not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking, even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start, you can do it a couple ways. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to xy7.com. Have a good week. 
weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7. Analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it. So that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider. Once again, here's Linda Woods. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Insider. I'm Linda Woods. I'm your host today. Um, I'm talking with Melanie Seary today. She is the president and one of the founders of Affiliate Voice, which is a new industry association um, that is working for the benefit of affiliate marketing. And we've been talking to Melanie a little bit about uh, some of the reasons for having another organization, one of which is the uh, tax uh, laws that are being passed. Uh, uh, New York was the first to do so last year, and it's been just a, a, a crazy thing, and uh, we hope that it isn't going to happen in California or anywhere else. Um, Melanie, um, you mentioned when you were talking a little while ago about uh, pulling together a number of different people in Albany for a big meeting last year and, uh, to, to talk about uh, how, what to, how to deal with, essentially, the, the passage of that New York tax law, and you said that there were some, some, some solutions that you came up with. Can you elaborate on, on those solutions and whether or not that has any um, uh, anything to do with what, what could happen here in California and, and how it could be addressed? Sure, I'd be glad to. What, uh, when we met in Albany last year, we um, hired a, a New York sales tax attorney. It's an attorney that specializes in sales tax. That's what they live and breathe. And what we asked him to do was to interpret the law for us. And what he said was the key point of the New York state law, which is a lo- it's similar to the legislation that's pending in several other states, the key to that was a non-solicitation. Uh, so what we had him do was we had him draft up paperwork because New York State, the tax department, said that you can rebut the nexus, the mere existence of it, by a three-step process. The first step is that a merchant has to... Uh, have in their terms with their affiliates an agreement that the affiliate will not solicit directly on behalf of the merchant. Pretty easy. That means no direct-to-merchant pay-per-click. That means, you know, no, you know, putting, you know, an ad out saying, you know, shop at, um, we'll use Amazon because they were actively involved, you know, shop at Amazon, they have sneakers. Okay, you can't do that. Nothing to directly solicit for a merchant. So you put that clause into your terms. Then you move on to step two, 
which was every year by May 31st, New York State said you have to uh, receive from your affiliates a signed agreement stating that they adhered to the guidelines you set up. Mm-hmm. Step, and step three was simple, and it only pertained to um, member organizations, you know, to you know, any group that was trying to uh, raise money on behalf of its members. They had to put a notation on their website reminding their members not to solicit. The simple solution that New York State said would rebut the, the nexus. Now, if other oh. states have similar, a similar legislation where it's, say, a $10,000 threshold for the previous four quarters and also include that ability to rebut the nexus, you know, the, the tax documents that we put together, the agreements rather, it's, it's a probable or a possible solution in other states. Um, like mm-hmm. Connecticut, um, it was because Connecticut law was, you know, that legislation closely um, mimics the New York legislation. California is a little bit different because it's right now. The last I had read it, it was a little um, broader, but they'll have to do what they did in New York, which is release all these bulletins to kind of refine the law, and that added to the confusion last right. year as well. <clears throat> the law was just too vague at the onset. The broader the law, obviously, the, the more of a pain in the butt it's going to be to, uh, to implement that, essentially. Yeah, and that's what caused a lot of the, the, you know, the, the knee-jerk reactions last year, was because mm-hmm. the law was just out there, and I said, oh, wow, I have to collect the tax. And it wasn't yeah. clear initially that there was a chance to rebut the nexus. Right, and they didn't want to be caught having to pay a bunch more taxes. Correct. Well, let me, yes, let me ask you a couple of questions about it. that. So, so uh, if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is if there's, if there's got to be a law about this, then make sure that it has those three elements in it, which are more or less uh, easy enough to implement both uh, on the side of the merchant who might have to pay tax and on the side of the affiliate uh, who could, in fact, uh, make sure they're doing those things, and then no tax would be required. Is that that's pretty much the, the crux of it? Then basically, for New York at least, um, as it was uh-huh. explained to us, you know. But every state, what I would recommend is if the law does pass, is the immediate reaction of the of people living within that state would be to to find a sales tax attorney mm-hmm. who can sit down with them. You know, you you pay them a little retainer to sit down and have a Q and A. They, they'll investigate the law, interpret it, and give you the solution. Because there are solutions. Mm-hmm. Whether right, or not a right. merchant can practically implement it is another story. Um, yeah, some merchants yeah. chose not to implement the New York solution, and some chose to. So, you know, it works both ways. But at least there's, a, there's something out there. There's a possibility and you know, a hope for everybody. It's not the end of affiliate marketing. It's just a right. Change. Well, that's, yeah, there's, you know, every year there's something that spells yep. doom for affiliate marketing, but so far it's surviving well. Um, let, let me ask you one other question. Uh, well, actually, I have a couple more, but um, how successful uh, have, have you been in um, restoring some of the relationships that you previously had with merchants by helping them to understand by taking these steps they can, you know, they can uh, basically rebut the law or at least make it um, palatable to everyone involved? There were some um, that adopted the changes and instituted it. Um, uh-huh. And there were others who just couldn't or wouldn't. And a lot of it has to do because it's, you're not just dealing, 
you know, with your merchant or your program manager, you know, they're dealing with their lawyers and their accountants. And sometimes, yes. you know, the CEOs and everybody just say, you know what, it's not worth the extra effort. Um, right. Point blank. And, you know, and it, it's, it's a lot, you know, for a merchant to, to take on um, the faith in the solution, I would say, sometimes. You know, because right, you live right. with this fear, it's, and it's a business, and everybody has to make business yeah. decisions. Right. We but now, it, it only, in the, in the case of New York, uh, and maybe you know about California, I actually don't know the answer to this, but in the case of New York, didn't it only apply to affiliates who were earning more than $10,000 a year? It had to do with if, if there were 10000 in sales from all New York affiliates to New York residents. Oh, $10,000 $10, in sales generated by a single affiliate. No, not or, by singles, by a group of affiliates, by all oh, the affiliates. Oh, so, so if you were just part of a group of affiliates and you earned $25, but the whole group earned over 10000 in sales uh, or generated more than 10000 in sales, then the company would have to pay taxes on that income. Correct, if, if they couldn't rebut it through um, the solution of non-solicitation. Yep. Okay. Some, some of the states, are, the pending legislation is only 2000 in the previous four quarters. Mm, okay, um, so, yeah, like so every state is going to probably mess with that number and, and yeah. possibly even bring it down, which would be hurtful, even more hurtful, yeah. that threshold. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so... Um, Let's see. Let's go back to Affiliate Voice then. So tell us a little bit more about the organization itself, uh, who you're trying to attract, who would benefit from being in the organization, and uh, maybe some of the other initiatives that you have in mind. Well, basically with Affiliate Voice, you know, we want to, to unify, present a unified voice, and we want active participation from all members of the industry, you know, for every, you know, the affiliates, the merchants, the program managers, the networks, um, other interested parties. I think by presenting and by unifying the relationships between all parties, you build a stronger, stronger industry because we have that um, kind of understanding of one another. Some of the things we'd like to do, of course, is to establish um, acceptable behaviors and practices for the industry a lot of it, you know, we, we know about, and a lot of it is common sense, but I think there comes a point where some of these things have to be written down so that there is clarity. And, it, again, what that does, that gives credibility to outside parties and outside people looking in on our industry. Um, it's all along the lines of we have to self-regulate before the government steps in and does it because that, mm-hmm. that, could, that could devastate us. <laughs> You know, and we right, if they start messing around in things, in more things they know nothing about. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know. So, are they, you going to try to tackle things like uh, like cookie stuffing or cookie overriding or browser helpers? Are you going to try to tackle some of those uh, uh, really controversial issues? All these issues, you know, have to be addressed at some at, at some point. Um, mm-hmm. It's all part of our industry, and we have to look at you have to look at everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and see where everything fits in, and and what's good and what's not, and and things change. You know, technology. You know, you look at where we are now yeah. compared to even just five years ago, and that's also with the affiliate industry itself. You know, mm-hmm. and even online shopping and how people buy. As more and more people buy online, of course, you're going to need to collect that that use tax because you're not getting. You know, states aren't getting the sales tax, so they have to get the use tax. 
And that's, mm-hmm, you know, right. the basic of, of the whole, all the Internet taxes. This, yeah. You know, things are changing, and we have to keep yeah. up. And we know the industry, and we know technology, so we have to be ahead of that. Uh, you get a lot yeah. of the legislators that have, you know, they're clueless. You know, they're lucky they can <laughs> yeah. <in> Twitter. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm sure some of them still don't even, like, use a computer or email, much yeah. less know uh, the, the uh, intricacies of, of how shopping online actually works. <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny because then if you look at um, even the legislative, you know, all the states, all their websites, I mean, it, some of them are so outdated and, you know, and, and it's so awkward to use. It's like, why don't they hire somebody to program <laughs> a new, yeah. you know, a new site where you can actually find the information without trying to spend an hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of those, too. Yeah. Yep. And they're controlling our industry right now? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's laughable. Uh, actually, it's cryable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let me ask you this. Um, so are you, do you feel like it's pretty much inevitable that the writing is on the wall, that uh, states are, in fact, going to want to, uh, to grab sales tax because, uh, you know, typical retailer brick-and-mortars, uh, their sales are going down and they need that revenue to come from somewhere? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to um, the streamlined sales tax project. Uh, that, would, I think, would be the greatest thing for our industry because it would simplify it um, a whole lot. And it's what, what that is, in case you're not familiar, it's a destination, no, it's a destination type uh, sales tax where sales tax is, is paid to the state in which you know, the resident receives the item. And uh-huh. streamlined by having each state has a has a sales tax rate, but they don't have, you know, all these tiny little add-ons. Because, say, New York State, you know, I can go into the next county and I'm paying a whole different tax rate. And clothing yeah. may or may not be taxable depending on what county I'm in. It, right. There's over 7,000 sales tax jurisdictions right now in the United States. Um, impossible. The streamlined mm-hmm. sales tax project will make it simpler that one I- a taxable item in one state is taxable also in the next state. Everybody taxes the same items. It may have a different state rate, but it's the same item to make it simple and make it easy, and it's always ta- sales taxes paid to the receiving state. How great would that yeah. be for us? That's wonderful. Who's, who's behind that, uh, that uh, uh, operation? There's a whole, there's a whole sales tax, um, streamlined sales tax project. There's 25 oh. states that have signed on, and they're all in the process of adjusting their sales tax law. And that's why um, Hawaii uh, didn't pass uh, their Internet tax, although they they call it an excise tax down there. Um, It's a tax Uh on all business transactions. But why they don't have an Internet tax down there right now is because they're implementing the streamlined sales tax. And it's as now the... The Internet tax is an amendment to their streamlined sales tax project. Uh, that's I the goal see. of all of this. You know, governors, everybody, they want that, and this is how they're going to push. But it's, it's an amazing and it's a cumbersome thing to try to implement the SSTP in any state. Uh, yeah, looked, I had no idea. 7,000 different tax regions. That's amazing. That's just crazy. What about, uh, what about <laughs> California? Is it involved in this streamlined tax thing? I'm not sure what their status is on it. Um, I know most states have um, 
at least thought about it and are considering it. I'm not sure where California stands in terms of that, but that that would be ideal. (laughs) Well, thanks for telling us about that. Um, We have just a little bit more time left, so let's do this. Why don't you tell us, um, tell our listeners how they find out more about Affiliate Voice, where do they go, and what does membership consist of, and, and the fees as you see them, and just give them a little bit of the nuts and bolts. Okay, well, um, they can, anybody interested in learning more about Affiliate Voice can go to our main website at affiliatevoice.com, and we also have a forum set up at affiliatevoice.org, um, which is also at, um, hosted at ABW, ABestWeb. And how we're set up is we're set up as um, an LLC. Uh, we're not a nonprofit. Um, it, we felt that operating as an LLC right at this time uh, gave us a little more flexibility in terms of forming and getting off the ground because trying to get a nonprofit status, I know, is uh, very complicated. Mm-hmm. Our membership rates, um, we have right now, be very flexible, very affordable. It's We have some preset levels you can join at. Otherwise, it's um, whatever anybody would like to contribute. Um, and we're able to do that, again, partially because of the LLC Status and we're not a nonprofit. We don't have to rely, um, you know, on certain types of things and, and activities and the restrictions and the requirements and the added fees. Um, and that's about it, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think I've covered everything. <laughs> the board of yeah. directors. Um, I've. Uh, I am considered the president of Affiliate Voice. Rhea mm-hmm. Tannenbaum is um, my vice president, and we've set up. Uh, we have a board of directors who are there to advise us and to help us achieve our mission. They are Carolyn Tang, Chuck Hamrick, and Heiko De Poel, Jr. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm just getting okay. over a cold for my voice. Um, <laughs> and we have an open merchant position, and we're looking for another affiliate representative as well. Well, great. Well, you have an all-star team there. I know all those folks well, and they've been in the industry a long time, so um, sounds like you've got some great folks aboard. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Um, let us know uh, if there's anything else that comes up that you want to have uh, a little more PR about. We'd love to have you back on the show, and let's keep our fingers crossed about this. I, I really would like to uh, see these organizations, both yours and the PMA, be able to make a difference in how these tax laws get structured. It's so important for, you know, for organizations like this to be the educative front to the legislation so that uh, these laws are, are, they make sense to people and, and they exactly. aren't decimating our community and destroying something that's taken 10 years, 12 years to build up. So thank you for your commitment to it. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time and thank you for having me on. Alrighty, so that's Melanie Siri. She is the president of Affiliate Voice. Uh, check out affiliatevoice.com to find out more about it. Thanks so much, Melanie, for being with us, and we'll see you all next week. 